Everybody, this is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. My name is Mike Cripps, and I will be your host and game master. And I am so excited to be joined by three stellar. Get it? Get it? Stellar. We're playing wow, a space game. Stellar guy. players. Zach Brass. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach. Dom Brass. Uh, yeah, I'm Dom. Nate Brass. That is me. <laughs> Each season of this show, we will be playing a different tabletop role-playing game. This season, we are playing Scum and Villainy, a Forged in the Dark game published by Evil Hat Productions. This is a game where my players will be playing as scoundrels and thieves and bounty hunters in a galactic space setting some might say in a galaxy very far away many years ago um <laughs> i don't think it was so many years bad. ago i mean we we have like you know space technology i mean sorry and i'm a human i'm pretty sure i think yeah, but there's so, infinite I mean, possibilities. I certainly dude, look like a human. It's true. Maybe I'm from a galaxy where humans evolved longer ago and figured out space travel. Oh, definitely. Or, or maybe it's like cyclical, like in the original Halo trilogy. Oh, but, yeah. No, it could be like a yeah a cyclical thing. Wait, does but, that mean we're all gonna die? Well, I mean, yes. no. Hopefully, I mean, eventually. You know, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so this but, is actually but, a historical doc documentary we're doing an historical uh interpretation of the uh galaxy before our own yes this is historical this is non-fiction uh, this is true crime we're getting in on that <laughs> big true crime market um what's up ladies <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you'd like to hear a little bit more uh, about us discussing um, our inspirations for this kind of game and tropes and you know set pieces and story ideas that we're really excited about, you can go back and listen to the episode zero of this campaign um, that we're going to be releasing at the same time as this. Um, if you don't care about that bullshit, uh, just keep listening because we are going to start playing shortly. I just want to take a brief moment to introduce how we are approaching this podcast. And that is um, that we want to play different role-playing games, and we thought this was our best way to do it. We are actively learning how to play this game as we go. We are going to try our damnedest we're gonna try our best to uh play it rules as written to be good players of this game that so many people worked so hard on uh but we're gonna make mistakes we are uh we are newbies to this um we've played like two sessions of this before this game 
So bear with us if we don't get things 100% right. <laughs> We're going to kill it. We're going to kill it. It's no big deal. I'm not worried. Okay, well, look, I'm not worried about it because it is what it is. You know, we tried. <laughs> you know, you go, you go as many of the rules as you can, but stuff kind of happens. You know? No, I it's going to be perfect. I'm sure we will make you're no all mistakes. going to, if there's anybody that listens to this, uh, being as it's episode one, who knows, uh, you're all going to tell us in the comments how we did everything wrong. And you know what? Thanks. No, Good to get out of here. We don't want to know. <laughs> we did it perfectly. Nothing was wrong. But also, right. we're planning to basically record this entire season before we even drop the first episode. So if we yeah. do get something wrong and you yell at us, we're not going to know for like a year and a half. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. And the other thing is, I... Oh, you know what? It's going to take us so long to do this season. It's not even topical. You know, I want to point out that we've totally just been super slow going. This has nothing to do with the whole uh, stuff with Wizards of the Coast. Genuinely, we've been planning on doing this forever. It just happens to kind of line up that we're recording these first episodes pretty much right after all that happened. This is not topical at all. OK, that was like two years yeah. ago. Uh, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, do you guys want to start playing? Yes! Yeah, let's get going. Let's go. Welcome to the Procyon Sector, a meager corner of space warred over by the factions of the iron-fisted galactic hegemony ruthless syndicates of criminals, and strange followers of unknowable cosmic weirdness. Truly, the Procyon Sector is home to some of the most desperate souls in the galaxy, and few are more desperate to put credits in their pockets than a trio of fledgling bounty hunters, the crew of the Phoenix Thirteen. Teen. Teen. <laughs> that was perfect. That actually was. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. As our music fades, a spaceship starts to heat up the flames flickering on the sides of it as it enters the atmosphere of a lush green planet as it perilously plummets being pulled by the gravity towards the the planet itself we see the Phoenix 13, a burnt orange rust bucket of a spaceship that used to be a tow truck and a taxi until it was recently uh, refitted, reconfigured into the starship of a group of bounty hunters. As this ship pulls in and docks it like skitters on the ground puffs of exhaust and smoke just like squelching off of it this thing is in rough shape 
but it pulls into a a a dirty and uh sketchy skeevy looking uh spaceport in the middle of a jungle and as the phoenix 13's hangar bay doors open up and the inside of the ship depressurizes a trio of individuals step outside first out of the ship and into the sweltering oppressive heat of this jungle planet is the captain of the ship Zach, would you please describe the captain? Uh, well, <laughs> Crash Jordan steps out of the ship. Uh, he, because of the sweltering heat, is not wearing his signature red leather jacket. Instead, it's kind of over his shoulder uh, as he judges the situation, trying to debate whether or not he should just wear it anyway to look cool. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, he's, uh, tall, uh, you know, looking get with a, a tall, good-looking guy with a sparkling smile, uh, and, uh, and jerry curls. Um, and, uh, you know, he just, uh, steps out and takes a big old breath of fresh air and says, ah, nothing like that first breath as he, uh, steps on over. Uh, down the ramp. And, uh, following him shortly after is the ship's pilot. Nate, would you please describe the pilot? Uh, yes, Cypher uh, walking out stands around six foot. Uh, they are a clearly jailbroken older model Urbot. Um, like originally clearly painted probably nearly everywhere like a like vibrant taxi cab yellow uh, a lot of it has been scratched off and kind of dents and marks uh more uh all over them they're kind of like a wiry skeletal um with like wires and tubes kind of filling in to, uh, their like musculature um for like a full android effect uh and their face is kind of like a they have a green giant green visor and uh that's like a screen with a smaller kind of square screen under for their mouth with like green animations kind of filling in their pupils and their mouth to kind of sh convey emotions as they speak with others yeah, and as Cypher steps out onto this uh, sweltering heat, as Zach said, uh, of of the planet Akiti, uh, your your visor eyes and mouth definitely just like steam up uh, from the the sudden humidity. You just hear like a fan kick into high gear as if you've just started a really intense game on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and shortly after Cypher uh, walks down the ramp of the Phoenix 13 comes the third and final member of the crew, the Doctor. Yes. Dom, would you please describe the Doctor? 
All right. So Gorpheus, the uh, the medic, steps out. Uh, he uh, his code name is Triage. Uh, so he's a short, stout reptilian squid man. Uh, if that makes sense, he's just a scaly squid guy. He's got tentacle tentacles sort of draping all around his mouth and his beaked mouth kind of he's got a little, little he's got whiskers he's got whiskers guys uh he wears a gray cloak that's held together by a silver buckle and it opens up on the right side where he has a third arm that drapes over his, to his other shoulder uh always sort of clutching around his shoulder and uh yeah other than that he's just a dude <laughs> 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 Person yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond that stuff, he just looks like a guy. What color is his skin? Um, it could be. It's probably sort of blackish, brownish, but with a sort of maroon tint. Maybe I don't know. That seems like a good move. Cool. I don't know. Mike looks like he's not into it. <laughs> I'm super into it. Uh, All right, let's he's, go. Let's he's go. Just a dude. <laughs> just yeah. A- yeah. And sure. Just a regular general, squid dude. He's the general vibes manager of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> what is Gorpheus's assessment of the vibes when he walks down the ramp and sees the sort of squalor and mess of this barely holding together base camp in the middle of a jungle? You see that there are... um. There's like large perimeter walls with, um, you know, messily dressed, scrappy, scrappily dressed um, guards sort of manned atop it, staring out into the jungle. General vibes. It's pretty good. It's nice (laughs) to get away a little bit. Stretch your legs. Nothing better than a good green planet, you know? Rich, rich in oxygen. Really yeah, gets the really yeah. gets the blood flowing, if you know what I mean. It helps open your eyes when you can see the world and you can feel it breathe with you. You know, it's just for a little excursion. Yeah. Can't stay away from the skies too long. Yeah, well, truth is you're always in the skies. But in a certain way, we're all here together, man. So you know, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm okay. digging okay. it. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, well, anyway, I uh, looking around at this sketchy spaceport. Make sure you lock the uh, the ship and bring the keys. But uh, we should. Uh, we let's get on our way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see that some of these. Um, guards question mark um that are sort of milling about the uh the spaceport are given the three of you a side eye um nobody's like rushing towards you you don't see any like security checkpoints or anything that you have to walk by but um it, it, people are aware of you and they're sort of letting you know before they start going about their own business when uh, one of them gives me this think eye, I just hold up two of my fingers on my uh, my sort of third hand, just like, hey, man, what's up? 
Um, and Gorpheus, I mean, you would immediately clock that you were the only Zeno around that you can see, um, sort of in the the docking bay of this spaceport. Um, everyone else is human in here except for you and Cypher. It's cool, man. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Crash, you get a little ping on your like big bulky portable communicator. Um and you can see It looks like the Matrix cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the action button too, so when I press it like slides down. <laughs> like to see the screen or whatever. And you see a uh, message from a contact in your communicator, uh, your friend Aura, who uh, has written to say, saw your hunk of junk pull in, meet me at the cantina. All right, boys, lunch on Aura. Yeah, so the three of you start to travel through Base Camp 1, uh, perhaps the only base camp on this planet. Um, as you head towards uh, what looks to be a small, like, bar, uh, you, you walk into this cantina. It's almost like a little tiki bar, open air, so you're still feeling the heat from the sun and the jungle. Uh, all around you, that horrible humidity. Um, but you see that it is not super populated in here right now. There's a few people milling about, sitting at the bar, again stare at you. But Crash, you clock across the this, this bar here. Um, a friendly face, face maybe not being the best word, because you see your old contact, Aura, who is a uh, Xeno, who is sort of just like a blob of gooey purple ooze with like one eye that just floats in the middle of it. And as, as you uh, clock Aura, a little tendril of goo raises uh, to, to wave at you and gesture for you to come over. We uh, kind of shuffle on over. Uh, man, lively crowd, huh? And uh, as Aura speaks and their body just kind of like jiggles, uh, the sound they make is just but because this is, you know, a space game, uh, you can all perfectly understand. Uh, as... We read the sub our characters read the subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking down as he talks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crash, it's so good to see you. These must be the crew members you told me about. It is a pleasure to meet you, my new friends. A friend of Crash is a friend of mine. Oh my god, we made new friends today. This is a good day. This is a good start. Blub, 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 blub. It is an honor, honor to meet you, good sir. Yes, yes, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, as a tendril of ooze, uh, reaches out from the body of Aura, grabs like a small pitcher of, of liquid, 
uh, that is like orange colored um, and just raises it up and dumps it all over their body. <laughs> see it slowly dilute. This, this planet is not ideal for my composition, but it was the best place to meet to discuss this opportunity that I have for the three of you. Alright, beautiful. So, what's the job? Well, I understand that you are in uh, the business, so to say, of um, exotic wildlife. Would that be the best way to put it? Well, we certainly dabbled. I uh, flash back to us trying to capture various animals for people and, you know, naturally, as anyone knows, it's probably a pain in the ass capturing space animals. So, I'd say we're probably the best around, honestly. Well, I will uh, hope that your confidence is well placed because, uh, you may just need it. You see this planet, Akiti, it is home to one of the most dangerous creatures in the Procyon sector. Uh, the apex predators of the jungle are called Grand Ferenikis. They are dangerous, but to capture one would be worth, hmm, worth its weight in credits, you understand? Ah, uh, Dollins, this is perfect! My friend Yatu, he was just looking for something new to add to his collection! Oh, oh my. It never gets this easy. Where's the catch? Well, the catch is that it is mating season for the Grand Fariniki. This is good and bad. They will be more active in the jungles, you see, but um, they will also be more active, if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I understand. Link. I am very confused. It's a biological thing, baby. It is perhaps something you could use to your advantage, but also it is uh, perhaps few things more dangerous than cornering an animal when it is uh, looking to increase its brood. Yeah, you could say that again. I know I certainly wouldn't be happy. But this of course means that the creature's potent pheromones will be at their height. Now, the reason this is good for you is that Grand Fariniki pheromones are one of the most valuable substances in the galaxy to those who know how to use them. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Oh, it's like drugs or something. Hmm. Yes, quite. They are often used in the production of psychedelics, is my understanding. Well, uh, who am I to get in the way of a good time? As long as you're not hurting anybody, or at least, you know, nobody that didn't deserve it will pay you for it. 
Yes, I would imagine that an interested party would pay quite handsomely for the capture of a Grand Ferniki. Alive, more valuable, but dead, still valuable. Alright, everybody. You heard the man. Sounds like we got ourselves a job. Uh, uh the trouble you by all just go through to uh, get a little bit effed uh, up, as you say. Uh, me and my kind, all we need is a magnet, and we are perfect. Well, not all of us are made of metal. Anyway, why don't we, uh, you got any other information we should know about this thing? I, uh, know only a little of the Grand Fariniki, um, only what I have shared with you, but should you seek his wisdom, there is a renowned hunter of the Grand Fariniki, a man who goes by the name of Razor. Razor knows these creatures better than perhaps anyone in the Procyon sector. He has successfully captured many in his time. He could be worthwhile to seek out, though rumor is he works for dangerous clients. I would advise not getting on his bad side. Should you seek him out? Razor, huh? What do you boys think? Should we, should we mess with this guy? I don't know. Name like Razor sounds like he might be a bit of a cocky asshole, you know? Captain, I have been searching all of my files and anything I could find on the internet on this meeting. It seems that the males will be on the hunt. So, I believe if we uh, make a fake female and disguise it and play the sounds of a mating call, maybe we can convince this creature to come to us. That sounds like a good idea. That's, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Um... I think maybe we should go check out this guy Razor, though. Um, might have some, you know, good intel. You really think this guy could be a help? Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. I think probably. I don't know. Well, we, I suppose we can take a look. It is as you say. Whatever you say goes, Captain. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I guess we'll, uh... Well, you should know that Razor recently launched a expedition into the jungle to hunt a Fariniki of his own, but I would imagine such skilled hunters as yourselves should be able to track him down. Well, if he's looking for one of his own, maybe we should just follow and try to steal his. Uh, you know, maybe, but, you know, maybe we want to check on, you know, maybe you don't cross this guy yet, we don't really know if he's gonna... We will show him we are the greatest hunters on this planet. Trademarked. Okay, yeah, 
You know what? That's fine. That's, let's uh, do it that way. I mean, the way will guide us either way, so it doesn't really matter. That is one game. It just seems a little easier. One last word of warning for you. While the jungles of Akiti are an untamed place, they do have game wardens, so to speak. Many Grand Fariniki tend to prowl the grounds that are watched over by a group of mystics who call themselves Vigilants. Game wardens, eh? And Vigilants? You know anything about the Vigilance, Doc? Uh, do I know anything about the Vigilance, uh, Game Master? <laughs> um, you, you would maybe have heard of them. Um, and Aura continues. They are a militant group. They see this place as sacred and holy. There's words that they have a temple within the jungle that they protect from outsiders who they see would seek to corrupt it. Oh, Captain Crash, we shouldn't do this. Yeah, it's, we don't want to mess with their, uh, their religion thing going on. We get a trippy in their vibes. Yeah, well, sometimes vibes need to be trips, my friend. Ah, you know what, Captain Crash, I, as soon as I start doubting you, you, you bring me back in. <laughs> That's my job. Anyway, uh, so I think the best course of action would be for us to tail this razor guy and, well, maybe, you know, pick up a few hints and it, even better, we could just take the one that he captures. Well, if we have to. I mean, it just seems like if he's such an expert, you know, he could just go and get himself another one. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, I think we've got our plan. Good, just so we're all on the same page. It's time to execute it. So, you said this, uh, this razor, he's somewhere out in the jungle. I suppose we should track him down. Any idea what, where we might find him? Um, I only know that he launched an expedition with a few other hunters a few days ago. He should not be too deep into the jungle at this point. I would imagine that such skilled hunters as yourselves could track him quite easily. Well, you're certainly right about that. We're the best bounty hunters in this sector, so might as well just look for him ourselves. You're right. Just figured we'd follow up on the lead. Anyway, gentlemen, let's gear up and be off. So it sounds like you guys are ready to launch into a job, which um, is one of the major like gameplay segments of Scum and Villainy. Um, before we move into the job, you are still technically in like free play. And so one of the things I want to throw out to you right now is if you guys have any more ideas on how you could gather information before you start the job um you're free to try and do that now try and keep like specific planning to a minimum because there's no point to to it because your plans will go wrong in this game um 
but if you think there's there's any information you could maybe find beforehand that could inform your decision on how you approach the job you can do that now or you can hop on your your speeder bikes drive off into the jungle and get started now hear me out we could like try to track this dude but because of our uh special ability snatch and grab if we use a deception roll, it gives us better odds. So I'm saying if we turn one of our speeder bikes into a sexy whatever this thing is, I honestly don't know what they look like. I, I've been imagining firebirds. Um, we were in different places. <laughs> I was imagining <laughs> yeah, like a giant bird, a very colorful bird because it's like I was imagining basically area. a hippo. Oh, of course I. I'm so sorry. Uh, and <laughs> as Aura like pushes across a data pad on the uh, on the bar here to show you guys what looks like a um, large reptilian cat kind of thing, like nice uh, scaled. Uh, four-legged, um, razor-sharp teeth and claws, it looks this like. This is gonna be with, awful to try and capture. But with, like, a, uh, uh, frilled, uh, neck, like those, those lizards have. Um, oh. that's what it looks like. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's not how I imagined it. Yes, as I said, the apex predators of the Akedia jungle. You know what? It's a jungle. This made way more sense than any of our ideas. Uh, well, I think it was reasonable for us to assume what we did. I was thinking like a raptor-like uh, tropical bird that seems kind of jungly to me. Yes, yes, all, all reasonable assumptions. Um, the, the book actually, like, doesn't really say what these things are, it just has the name, but I, I thought that would be pretty cool if they were like- No, I am a fan of how they look, I just, I was saying, this is what I, I thought they looked like. But yeah, so I'm <laughs> saying, uh, if we do a deception- Th Those were all fair assumptions. But if, if you guys had a different engagement- I'm surprised it doesn't have tusks. <laughs> oh my god. Um, the name, you know, it just seems like a Tuscan animal. A Tuscan. At least saber teeth. Yes, it is from. It is from Tuscany. No, I. Yeah, I see the tusks. That would have made sense, but no, I. I don't know. I never thought tusks. Well, yeah, you thought bird, which I thought was weird, but you know. I kind of see it now. All right, guys, actually onto the engagement roll now. <laughs> Please, I've tried this six times and you guys no, no, keep going no, back no, to no, characters' voices. All right, all right. Well, no, I, I was trying like, to say. All right, back to my voice. Nope, Dom's still talking with a British accent. Okay. Well, hey, look, no. I had something to say. No, he had something to say and I just, I riffed on it. But exactly, I was going to say that, um, okay, just so we're all on the same page, dressing up. Uh, our speeder like one of these things. That's that's not a good idea. And then right? playing like the audio of their mating call. No, I gotcha. I, I get what you're saying. I love it. I don't think it's a good idea, but that's it's my It's not a good instinct. idea. 
Um, just so we're on the same well, page. Like we get it on our tail, and then we kind of, like, drive away as it chases us. And then it becomes, like, a fun chase where we're being chased while we're chasing the thing. Uh, well, you, you were talking sandwich. about preparation. Chase it into a, a trap. Well, we, we need to pick what style of job this is going to be. I... <laughs> I, um, yeah, so, Mike, you were talking about, um, uh, like, not planning so much as preparing, yeah? Yeah, so one of the aspects of the game is you guys can always kind of freely gather information about something if you can sort of pitch the idea of what kind of information you're looking for and how you might go about looking into it, um, but to, to prepare, or, or, to plan super thoroughly for like first we're gonna break into the building and then we're gonna sneak past the guards yeah like, don't do that we that get it. is the That's, kind of preparing yeah. that is not even worth getting into because it's just never gonna work the way you think it is but but feel free to try and get information ahead of time that can inform your decision for how you want to approach a job Okay, so when you say ahead of time, I was thinking maybe I did some research on the botany of this planet. Uh, yeah. And maybe listen to some podcasts. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's probably what my character did in preparation. It's all about like the specifically a little bit of wildlife or like um, like animals, but uh, mostly like flora and fungi and that. Yeah, so definitely we can call that a gather information role. So um, how these kind of roles can work is sometimes it might just be a straight up fortune roll. We roll one die and see how successful you are. But if you are taking like a certain kind of approach, maybe we might use some of your action skills for that. Um, is there like a particular skill you think is relevant to how you were approaching that, listening to your podcasts and whatnot? So definitely study. I don't have that though. So, mm. um, uh, so you roll at disadvantage. <laughs> um, a tune doesn't really make sense. Uh, for what I'm envisioning, and neither does anything else I'm good at. Okay, so we so. can just make a, a straight fortune roll then to um, to see how that is going to be. So all the dice rolls in this game are D6s, uh, six-sided dice, dice, six-sided dice, um, and you will roll a certain amount depending on your proficiency level in a certain thing but for a straight fortune roll just go ahead and roll one six-sided die and tell me what you get literally not a single one of us has trained in study at all classic let's go that is three so mm, okay well nailed it and uh, I do need to set the effect level of this um, I think uh, you can get standard effect on this um, give me one second. Just reading some rules real quick. Read away. I'm just gonna say this uh, in this downtime, but I know you guys think my plan sounds insane, but I'm just saying mechanically, it's it's probably like an extra plus 
two or three dice. God <laughs> damn it. The other. Like, mechanically, it's actually a way smarter But plan. remember, you can also lose dice if you have, like, a particularly bad plan or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense as a good plan. I think it makes a, a lot of sense to get Uses that the vulnerability nearer. that we were given. And, like, it's in our wheelhouse. You don't think there's just some noises of these, like, monsters fucking on, on the, the internet, internet that we can just pull up and, like, play Blast on our speakers? speakers? No, I I totally am down for this. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's amazing. So, Dom, you can basically ask a question relevant to what you were trying to look into. And because this was a standard effect um, and you rolled a three... Um, you're going to get incomplete or partial information, but you will get some information. So, um, because you're getting reduced effect because that was a not super great role. Um, so what, what would you like to know? Um, if you look at the bottom of your Roll20 character sheet, you're going to see some sample questions for gather information, such as, uh, what might I suspect about this? What can I prove? What's the danger here? What's really going on here? Ask about a detail for a plan. So, what would you like to know? Um, can I go with, uh, what's the danger here for 10 points? Um, you would know as you're listening to your podcast hosted by a respected xenobotanist, um, you, you would learn. Ah, Akiti, home of some of the most dangerous carnivorous planets this side of the hegemonic throne. Ah, yes, if you are traveling through Akiti, which you frankly shouldn't, be on the lookout for wayward vines and branches, for you never know what is just a plant and which is a plant that is looking for its lunch. <laughs> that was so good. And then they just got into a conversation about politics and I tuned it all out. <laughs> this is why we must raise our taxes to <laughs> further colonize Akiti beyond the humble base camp one, which is, quite frankly, barely holding itself together under the direction of that incompetent lead guard. And that's when you're like, okay, this is, this is yeah, too yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call 977 to donate now. All canon, by the way. Okay, is anyone else doing anything to prepare? Uh, dressing up the personal vehicle like a <laughs> lizard cat. <laughs> Could you say okay. the name one more time? Sorry, uh, Mike. A Grand Faraniki. Grand Faraniki. How did you guys not think monkey? Yeah, that would be a good monkey I, name. I thought, like, Monster Hunter Monster, like, gra- gra- yeah, Zella, I thought, like, a monkey. Like, seems like a bird dinosaur thing. Grand Faraniki, I don't know. I just, I imagine, like, a colorful plumage. No, okay, yeah. No, no, I see it. That's a, yeah, that's a Gaian Kutku. I don't know. I just saw a giant hippo. Um. So, yeah, I think I'm Googling Grand Faraniki uh, mating calls. And <laughs> we're, like, spray painting. I thought you meant in real life. Like, no, we're making, like, a big canvas 
Costume. Yeah, like just using some cardboard and then some holograms and like some spray paint to like all mix together to make kind of like a blurry literal trash that we stole from uh, like some you know maybe some styrofoam stuff that we just like formed that we stole from a you know dumpster or something somewhere like we use this stuff this is important <laughs> we're and you know we're making this thing like the color and vaguest of shapes like this cat thing some fake legs that are just gonna it sounds like you're you're pretty set on doing this as a deception plan a hundred percent and as a deception plan the detail that you need to provide to kick off the plan is the method of deception which is of course uh like a looney tunes cartoon um just dressing your space motorcycle up like a sexy lizard cat and i just want to clarify that it's just got like a yellow or it's just a blonde wig <laughs> lipstick on the they front. usually don't wear clothes but it's wearing a really tight dress and has cleavage well how else is it supposed to know that it's a female right if you don't exactly oh my god and we didn't want to, you know. <laughs> well, look, the yeah, the silly. audience needs to know what we're going for. So, yeah, it's a design People choice. Be confused. Yeah, uh, obviously. So look, we dress this thing basically in a tarp, the color of these creatures, more or less. <laughs> um, and we play some mating calls through the uh, the speakers. We probably have some Bluetooth speakers because I imagine these. Vehicles don't have like great speakers. They have for cassette stuff. They have cassette players. I have a I have a stereo in my chest. It's cool. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure, guys. So as you guys finish up your preparations on your deception to hunt a grand Faraniki, you kick your hover bikes into gear. You start driving into the jungle. And what we need now to kick off the job truly is an engagement role. Now, this is basically to determine what your what the status of this job is as you face the first major hurdle, the first major obstacle that you'll need to overcome. Uh, your role might be so good that we just narrate how you bypass this role, or it might be so bad to put you in a truly desperate situation to kick off this job. Um, and we're going to do that by rolling some dice, of course. Um, as Nate has already mentioned, you are going to get a bonus dice, technically, <laughs> um, because your crew is particularly good, allegedly, at using deception to capture a quarry. And that's what you're trying to do here. this is the first time we've pretended to be a sexy animal? <laughs> I don't know. Cypher came to that idea very easily <laughs> and quickly. You know what? I was jokingly going to suggest the same thing, but I was just going to dress one of us up. So I'm like completely on the like same page. Big butts? Should we make it a little larger? I think that maybe we should uh, put a little motor so the butt jiggles. 
that's good. Yeah, I, I can't see how it would hurt. Um, Mike, do you want to go over the engagement role questions? Yeah, so how this basically works is that you are going to start with just one die for sheer luck. One six-sided die just for the roll of fate. You're going to gain an extra die for basically every major advantage that you have uh, in this plan. And you're going to lose a die for every major disadvantage that you have. Um, if you wind up with zero dice in your pool, that means that you have to roll two dice and take the lower result. You are going to start with one extra die from your special crew ability to put you up to two. Um, there are a few specific questions here. Um, for example, is this operation particularly bold or daring? I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, so I'll give you an extra die for that. <laughs> um, does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? Kind of, yeah, because you, you do know that it's mating season. So because I want to be generous with these, I'll give you an extra die for <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! You know what? Told my bad for slamming. I was as soon as I heard it. Are you kidding me? Immediately on board. Here's the other thing: is that uh, you're gonna lose some dice too. Oh, That's fine. No. That's fine. I I knew. You're gonna lose some dice for um, basically the Grand Faraniki being of a higher tier than you. You guys have learned that it is the apex predator of this jungle, and you know what? That includes you, too. Um, so because this is such a more potent creature, uh, you're going to lose a die, um, which will bring you down to two. Three. Is that right? Down to three. Yes. Um, you know what? I'm going to take off another die, though, because... <laughs> For fellow rivals also hunting this being? Yes, yeah, because uh, you know that there are maybe not enemies or rivals interfering with the operation, but you know that there's somebody else out here, Razor, who is looking to hunt one of these things himself. So that'll bring you down to two. I'm debating knocking another one off just because the plan is so silly. Bold and daring. We actually get a plus one for that. Yeah, That's what the but... game's for. It is bold and daring. Yeah, it's bold and daring. It's bold and daring. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I won't I won't take one off this time, but if you try a sexy motorcycle plan again, yeah, I'm taking a point off. Okay, so <laughs> this is your your, your one leeway. <laughs> Sexy motorcycle. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. No, yeah, All right. I hear you. I hear That's you fine. That. I think it's only fair for the pilot episode that we get to have a sexy motorcycle. <laughs> um, and sexy motorcycle, of course, will be the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> what an intro. Welcome to our podcast. Uh <laughs> Um, so who wants to make the engagement roll? You're going to get two dice on this. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I don't, I thought someone was typing, but I got a seven. Oh, or no, a three. You, it was your guys' plan. I figured you'd want to do it. Oh, no, I don't, uh, yeah, just, it doesn't matter. So we got a four and a three. A four and a three, so, you, uh, this is 
this game, you always just take the highest of whatever you roll. So that is going to be a four. A four or a five on the engagement roll means that you are going to get a mixed result as you start the job, uh, which means that you are going to be in a risky position when the action starts. And I think the action starts where as you guys get to the depths of this jungle, it is dark, it is hot, it is humid, alien animal sounds are chirping and screeching all around you. You take, you, you, you break your bikes, you stop, you hop off, and Cypher, you start to play some music. The sweet music of Grand Fariniki mating calls. As these echoes just blast through the jungle. They sure sound more like hippos than cats to me. (laughs) (laughs) All the other sounds of the jungles cease, except for some rustling sounds nearby as your presence here has awoken something something in the jungle as almost wrapping around your feet Gorpheus you see plant matter start to move but your podcast has made you aware and you are able to hop out from the encroaching <laughs> vines as they start to wrap around you. As the Fariniki has not yet arrived, but you are now in the clutches of some carnivorous plants. And maybe that's where we end our first episode, guys. How does that sound? Alright, you're just going to leave us on a cliffhanger like that? Yeah. I, mean, I want to always leave you guys on a cliffhanger. That is my, oh my goal God. here, baby. Just prepare right, for a well. season end cliffhangers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're never going to know what happens once you change games. It's actually a multiverse kind of deal, yeah. so these characters are going to accidentally get kicked onto... Spoilers. Every season ends with one character about to die. <laughs> that would be the worst every season oh my and God. we don't do second seasons <laughs> uh, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, hanging out with us today on this first gameplay session of our scum and villainy campaign we'll be coming at you again Next week is what we would normally say, but we're probably going to drop a bunch of these at once for you. So you can start listening to episode two right now. Come on, do it. Why are you still listening to this? Load up that episode two. Get out. Come on. Don't you want to find out what happens next? Thank you for listening to Escape the Dungeon. Escape the Dungeon is created by Dom Brass, Nate Brass, Zach Brass, and Mike Cripps, with editing and original music by Tyler Nate.
If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. To find us on social media, go to escapethedungeonpod.com.